Jagger. I got the moves like Jagger. I wish I had the moves like Jagger. I'm actually going dancing this weekend, Benny. What do you think of that? I'm still waiting for your country line dancing. Oh, shindig I, up in here. I, I, I'm actually have somebody that I'm setting up to, to come okay, in and do the right. music. I hear a lot that. of talking, not a lot of action. It's been well, about a year, I think, I, Pat. I thought we were waiting to get the other cameras. Pat, we don't need another camera. It's oh, over on okay, your side right, anyway. I want to see that belt buckle uh, shining away. Okay, uh, okay, I'm I'm on it. All right. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm going to be. Are you texting yourself to, a I, note? I'm actually texting. Uh, okay, so the theme of when the event is to go from fear to love. Yeah. I'm in the moment of doing that right okay. now. That's right. it. I'm having a moment of done, of going from that <laughs> right now. You know, isn't it funny the things that scare me, and the things that don't? I think that's with all of us, right? Sure. You know, both of us ride motorcycles. You know, we yeah, that doesn't scare it. me anymore. Doesn't it's scare other me drivers anymore. that scare me. Yeah, it does. And then we also, you know, I like I like to jump out of planes, so that doesn't scare me. Um, but there are things that do scare me. Not so much anymore. Um, I'll tell you what doesn't scare me anymore. What doesn't scare me is stepping out into the world and showing up uh, and showing up in a way that helps people. And that's something that you know, not only have I gotten really comfortable with it, but for me, it's essential. It's not as if this is what we wake up and we think about doing each day. Um, what this is about really is an ultimatum. It's not really, uh, do I really have a choice to, to do this or not? But how can I get super educated about what the it is? Economics built on beauty and community, new economics and sustainable and responsible investing with visionary wealth advisor Gregory Wentus joining me here today. Part of one the event, he is vice president of sustainable and responsible investing uh, at EP Wealth Advisors, Inc. But more importantly, this is an individual that absolutely understands that green is really green and green money is really green money. And there are ways to do it that support your wealth, your environment and your consciousness. So he is joining me to hear today, co-founder of Green Business Networking. This is a nonprofit community of over 3,500 business owners and professionals committed to greening the economy for the greater Los Angeles. Uh, wow. Gregory, thank you so much for joining me here today. It is great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. You know, somewhere along along the way, you know, we have developed this idea of money, and we've developed this idea of economics. And so what seems to have happened here and I don't know how many years we can go back and talk about it, is that when we talk about economics, people say economics equals stock prices. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have economics equaling stock prices and the stock prices aren't high enough, then they're not going to get my attention. And a lot of times those high stock prices don't always equate to doing good in the world or really taking care of the planet and others. Mm -hmm. So t let's talk about you know, what this means to have a universal language on the planet and what that universal language on economics and money really is all about. Well, let's look a little deeper, right? Mm -hmm. In our culture, we, we recognize that, generally speaking, more money is more happy. More money is better. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd like another, you know, $100,000 or what have you. Mm -hmm. Yet, when you look at it, Universally, it doesn't always.
always apply. If you put a million dollars in an account of a billionaire, it's not going to change his quality of life. But if you give me or you a million dollars, I think our lives will change quite a bit. So it's a matter of recognizing that it's not always more. It's, it's what we call diminishing returns in economics. And furthermore, this idea of growth. But what is growth? What is good growth? Because our GDP, is a, which is called the gross domestic product, is a way that we measure our economy, our growth. Mm-hmm. Our, and one thing that I found very interesting in my research is that you can put more people in prison or the the, the situation that just happened in the Gulf with the oil spill and all the money that was requ- you know required to, to help clean up some of that mess. Yeah. That added to GDP, so that showed that the economy grew, but quality of life did not grow when mm. we put someone else in prison or if we have have a toxic spill or things like that, you know, making weapons. It doesn't necessarily mean that because the value of what we're spending goes up or the value of our economy goes up does not mean that quality of life. So somewhere along the line, we've lost contact between quality of life and happiness and money. There was something somewhere deep in our culture's psyche, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of years back, in terms of concepts we have to go to discover where that, that schism took place. Yet, right now, our concept of money and economics is separate from simple happiness, quality of life, health of the systems around us, quality of food, things like that. So there's a, there's a need to reincorporate some of these things back into mm-hmm. the economic equation. Well, I mean, so, you know, this is kind of an interesting conversation because, you know, when we're really looking at this, we're looking at it at a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. And I think what you just pointed out are a couple of different levels. You know, we have... The micro level, that's, you know, you and me sitting here talking about it with our little, you know, with our, <laughs> you could tell where I'm coming from. I was going to uh-huh. say my little bank account, right? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and then, you, you know, then you go up to the next level or so, which are groups and organizations, and then there they go. They have their version of it. Then you go up and to the government level, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's interesting is the conversation that almost everybody on the planet heard in in the context of our budget, right? Mm-hmm. And raising the ceiling on our debt. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that people were so easily ready to cut out of the budget, right? So you have to tell Linda's 86-year-old mother, right, sitting there watching all this, that her Medicaid is going to get cut. Mm -hmm. The only thing she knows is that's going to get cut. What am I going to do? How is that going to affect my quality? So how are we making these decisions, Gregory? Well, I... I it's, it's, this is a very, there's lots of layers, as you said. There's mm-hmm. lots of levels of this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's rather complex. And in our soundbite society, when we're trying to con- talk about issues that could take hours to review, we have a short amount of time. Yeah. So we recognize that's the nature of our culture right now is soundbites, and that's why a lot of the political discourse has gotten very fractured because it's which soundbite do you want to, to chew on today? Um, when it comes down to this kind of thing about of public policy and taxes and individual quality of life and personal responsibility in our finances and national responsibility in our finances and what is the money for. A lot of things that I get down into with clients when they come to me is asking them, what is the money going to be for when you spend it? 
what does that look mm. like? What are the feelings that you have? What are the relationships you want to cultivate? What is the money going to go for? In other words, where are you going to spend it, and how is it going to change your experience? What is it? How is it going to affect your quality of life? And then and once we get clear about that conversation, about what the money is for, then we talk about how to manage the money. And I think what we've had is this conversation about debt and the national discourse, and we've had conversations about taxes, and I don't want to pay more taxes. We should cut more debt. Debt's bad. All these different platitudes that are all true, but it's they're out of context in many cases. And it's a matter of getting down to what is really going on with our country and the people that are living here and all of our neighbors and what is that really counts. And connecting those values of what is basic American principles of quality of life, pursuit of happiness, independence, free thinking, freedom of speech, you know, enterprise, innovation, entrepreneurship, these ideas are such a bedrock that we all share, but we've gotten lost in this this diatribe of of uh, fractured thinking and uh, disconnected thinking from our money and our quality of life. It really is an interesting conversation, and I know you are. Uh, are you excited about one the event? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it because it really moves the ball forward in a conversation mm. around some of these same things we're talking about, which mm-hmm. is what's important here. You know, what's, let's, let's get off the issues of what was wrong, because there's lots of things that were wrong and lots of people that are wrong and lots of things that went wrong, too. What's, what's, what is right? What works? What feels good? What is quality of life? What is, what is it that we want to do together to be in partnership with each other? I love it. I'm excited about it, too, and that's why I'm excited about talking with you. And we're going to talk more about what the new model is. And, you know, before we go to break, here's what I want to say. I ran into a teacher, and I'm not going to give out any names because she'll get in serious trouble. But I ran into a teacher friend of mine in Seattle, in the Seattle area, let's say. Uh, But she's, you know, she's part of the educational, uh, what do you call it, what do we want to call it, institution here. And so I don't, you know, we're no different than any other part of the country. Our our budget for education has been cut. Uh, special needs has been cut. Uh, and so you know what she said? You want know to because you're going to talk about this when we come back. We're going to talk about you know human ingenuity. So do you know what her campaign was and what she wanted to do? What she wanted to do? She wanted to do an old fashioned fundraiser. To raise money. To raise money for the education system. Now, uh, and, and and it was so interesting. So I said to her, so, so what does that look like? She said, you know what it looks like? She said, do you have any idea what Girl Scouts make from selling Girl Scout cookies? I said, you know, I have a pretty good idea. She said, well, I'm going to, she said, I've got an idea to do three kinds of things like that to raise money for education. And she said, no one has to buy this unless they really want to be part of funding education. They shut her down faster than you could shake a stick. She, honestly, couldn't even put a group together to do that. I want to talk about that and much more when we come back. And I want to hear, Gregory, if that is part of human ingenuity. Stay tuned. Gregory went joining us here today. Phenomenal, phenomenal thinker. Uh, but there's plenty of new thinking. What is it? What about my teacher friend? How can we help her? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. You control, so we waited, I put on a show. 
Ocean's Flavor Natural Sea Salts are specialty products with less sodium, up to 68% than standard table salt, free of any chemicals or artificial flavors. Ocean's Flavor Natural Sea Salts maintain 84 necessary minerals for a balanced diet and healthy body. All Ocean's Flavor Natural Sea Salts may be purchased at oceansflavor.com. And now, Ocean's Flavor Natural Less Sodium Sea Salts has introduced heart-healthy gourmet seasonings at 68% less sodium than table salt. Available in Mexican, Italian, garlic, seasoned, Asian, barbecue, Cajun, and chipotle flavors. The sodium is the lowest of any seasonings on the market today. Purchase heart-healthy gourmet seasonings on the web at oceansflavor.com and in many national grocery chains. Oceansflavor.com, the only salt company that produces 100% natural, low-sodium sea salt. Do you dream of being on the amazing race? Well, here's your chance. Grab a friend and prepare for an exhilarating race around the city when City Solve Urban Race comes to your city. Teams of two will solve clues and face fun challenges while racing around the city. The winning team gets $300 and a chance to be in the Las Vegas Championship race to compete for a grand prize of $5,000. Not only will you have a ton of fun, you'll also be helping a good cause. A portion of the proceeds will benefit a local charity. To start racing, go to CitySolveUrbanRace.com. What are we attracting in our life and relationships and why? And how can we let go of attracting and being attracted to things that may not serve us? Peter Kane has been facilitating deep relationship work for over 30 years. Author of The Monogamy Challenge, Creating and Keeping Intimacy. Peter is passionate about bringing aliveness into your life and relationships. Contact Peter Kane for counseling, coaching, or breathwork. Visit peterkane.org or contact Peter Kane at 425-802-2050. Get ready to feel more alive. Alive with a Deal brings you the truth behind things you experience every day, ways you can heal yourself, and choices that make you feel truly alive. A Deal is a true Renaissance man, a world-renowned yoga master, naturopathic doctor for 10 years, an attorney, and has degrees in physics, math, hypnotherapy, massage, operatic singing, plus he's an expert in green home building. Alive with a Deal discusses health for your body, from heartache to heartburn, your mind, from judgment to joy, your home, from cooking to color and your spirit so you can bring forth your talents hidden deep within. A deal bravely discusses things most people wouldn't touch. Delivered with compassion, integrity, and wit. Alive with a deal is about your own healing so that you feel more alive. Tune in each Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Transformation Talk Radio and Alternative Talk. Feel more alive. Alive with a deal. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, I'm honored, um, really touched to have Gregory Went joining us here today because, you know, this is a new conversation about economics and money. And we we need someone like Gregory leading the way for us. Uh, Gregory, before we kind of jump into the things that are truly important, why don't you take a moment and let's have uh, some information so people know how to find out more about you. Great. You can learn about me on my website, gregwent.com, G-R-E-G-W-E-N-D-T.com. 
and the firm that I work with in managing money is EP Wealth Advisors, and that is EP, as in Paul, wealth.com. And my office phone number, if you'd like, is uh, 310-543-4559. You know, someone said to me a long time ago, and of course it's printed in all the books, that you know, there's the, there there's doing doing things right and then doing the right thing. Mm. And some people think that those two can't coinc- coincide or co- coexist, mm. but I think they can. I'd love to I'd love to hear a little bit about what you're going to share at the event and what really matters here, Greg. Well, you, you know, when you said doing things right and doing the right thing, and I like to come back to what our country's built on, mm-hmm. which is. You know, each person is in touch with their own sense of integrity and what, what, a, what a philosopher I know said, the, your, our own emotional guidance system, and that we trust the inherent integrity that an individual holds inside of them to know what is right for them and for the relationships that they're in. And I think that that's a fundamental theme in new thinking is to trust the power and the the integrity of an individual in alignment with their higher good and the common good. And when, when, I, when you look at things in that lens and just kind of seeing that there's a system of individual, all who, all, all who are in touch with their emotional guidance system, their integrity, then there's a community that can be born through people relating better together. And talking a little bit more, more about economics, I'd like to take a little bigger picture through these kinds of lenses and and look at, well, what is going on with money? What is going on in our business world? What is going on in the economy? What are the stories that we tell ourselves? And is it working? Are we, you know, is it working? And we look around at the world with over, I don't know, 2 billion people that are making less than $2 a day. For those people, it's not working. So if there's a large percentage of humanity that's not working for, it's not working for all of humanity. And this may be the least worst system we've designed thus far, but it doesn't mean that we've reached the pinnacle. So we can keep going deeper and finding out what is missing in the system that we have to make economics and business work. Because what we have is a system that puts money and power as the measuring stick for success. And we're fed by it operating system where we put consumerism and just more for more sake as the driving principles of our of our economics. And what I like to look at is, well, what's missing? And one thing I find is that economic transactions are have become anonymous, opaque, and complicated rather than simple, personal, and transparent. Here's ten bucks. I'll take that bushel of apples. Right, exactly. I like you. I like. Well, that's partly why I like to go to the farmers market because I get to talk to the farmer. I know who they are. I know that the stuff is good quality. That they didn't do something to it before it got to me, and I know that they're getting direct benefit and they're able to have their livelihood from me buying those tomatoes from them. So, there's a story I want to tell you about a woman that I know named Judy Wicks who started the group in Philadelphia based on her business. Her business is called White Dog Cafe, and she's just this American icon for me. She's so 
passionate about Philadelphia and the quality of life there and the quality of her community. She ran a restaurant, and in that restaurant she would be buying bacon from the guy that was treating pigs a little better. And the way that the pigs were grown was more sustainable and that the pigs were happier and they were fed better and the quality of the bacon was better. Yet she found that she didn't have, he didn't, he couldn't get the, uh, the bacon to her very effectively. And so then she, what she did is went to all her friends that are also buying bacon from him and they all got together and they bought a van for the, for the farmer. And then that enabled him to give more business uh, to everybody in the community. And then she saw her business as a network of relationships. She told me, she said, Greg, I ran my business not to maximize profits, but to maximize relationships. And from that, focused on the quality of relationships and person-to-person interaction, her business thrived, and she did really well. She's actually sold her business, and she's now on to other things. And from that enterprise, she started a group called the Sustainable Business Network of Philadelphia that became very successful. And then from that, we are now, she started the group called the Business Alliance for Local Living Economies. Wow. And you can learn about that on livingeconomies.org. It's an, it's an American inspiration for me because it is about Main Street America, supporting the local businesses that know their customers. And it's now 80 cities with 23,000 businesses, and it's the, the fastest-growing socially conscious business movement in the country on Main Street. And the power of this is that imagine that you and I own a hunting and fishing store on Main Street, and we're next to the river, and we're next to the forest where our kids go to play and the Girl Scouts. Well, if we own the store, we want to make sure that people use the things we sell in the forest and the river. So we want to make sure the river and the forest are happy and healthy. Yet if it's owned by somebody off in another city or another country, then that ownership doesn't know about the quality of the river and the forest, and they're not going to be part of making sure that the community is protected and that the kids are going to have a place to go to the forest and experience what life is like in the river. So it's those kinds of thinking that have been left out of our economic model for simple economic, what they call efficiency. But I'd rather pay a little bit more to know that I'm, I'm getting a quality product and I know the people that are getting the benefit from it. So that's a little bit of the thinking that has inspired the work that I do in socially responsible investing because we take that same kind of relationship mm-hmm. thinking and apply it in the way that we invest our money mm-hmm. where we know what the money's doing and who it's influencing and what good or harm it's creating. And we want to know as much as possible about what, what the money's doing. And as a fiduciary, it is my role to manage money as if it is my own or my family. So I have to make sure that the money's prudently managed and it grows in concert with the overall market and that the returns are competitive. So that's the directive. So those, those principles are not secondary, but they're put equal with the relationships that the money is influencing. So we want to make sure that the businesses are treating their employees well. We want to make sure that the businesses are responsible in environmental practices. We want to make sure the businesses are energy efficient. We want to make sure that they treat their vendors well and that the employees of such vendors are not slave labor or child labor or that they're not creating products that kill or harm people. These are the kinds of things that when my clients come to me, they want to know 
what their money's doing. And they want to ask the question, who is my money killing and how can I stop? Wow. Right? Mm. So that's where that's the inspiration that has driven the socially responsible investing movement as fiduciaries, as money managers, as capitalists, which is really an interesting combination. That's why I love the story about our field and responsible investing, which is we're investing as capitalists. And then the business movement that I mentioned earlier, because it's people in business trying to make a buck, making a good difference in their community, providing a valuable service, and they're, they're connecting their business and their profits to maximizing the quality of relationships and the quality of life in their community. And that, for me, is peace. When you can connect how we support ourselves and pay for our children's education and pay for our food and our health care and connect how we create our money and how the quality of relationships is in our community. That's power. Oh, my gosh. Craig, thank you so much for joining me here today. Tell folks about what you'll be doing at one the event really uh, quickly here. Thank wow. you. I'll be talking about a lot of the ideas like you've heard that I'm inspired by and the thinkers and the thought leaders that I've, I've learned from and the books I'm very passionate about. I'll be talking about all of this and, and more, as you can imagine. Get me on a roll, uh, Heidi. That's <laughs> hard to stop. So thank you. Wow. Very important information for all of you out there. Go to onetheevent.org. Check it out. Check out the speakers. Uh, you'll find lots of information about Greg. Don't forget to go check his website out, which is gregwentwendt.com or episinpatwealth.com. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Sue Storm. <laughs> 